Army veteran Malachias Gaskin is helping veterans through the therapeutic effects of gardening. A Warrior's Garden is coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal. Navy Federal has a mission to put your members first by making their financial goals a priority. You can receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions. It's open to active duty military, the DOD, veterans, and their family members. Navy Federal is proud to serve over 8 million members, including over 1 million veterans and their families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash Veteran Move for more information. Hey, today we're talking with Malachias Gaskin with A Warrior's Garden. So Malachias, take us back and tell us what you've been doing in the Army Guard and the Army. Um, yeah, thank you. So 1994, I got my GED and I went down and saw a National Guard recruiter. Uh, I had been sitting at coffee houses with buddies of mine. They were like, come on, man, you got to join the Guard. And it just for me, it made sense because all the guys in my family always serve. Like, it's just kind of a thing we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got my GED. And I went down and saw the recruiter and I went down to MEPS and I scored really well in the ASVAB and they're like, okay, so it's, we're the national guard. So we only have so many options mm-hmm. and, and you scored high enough. So how about being a medic? And I'm like, what does a medic do? You know? And they're like, they're like, well, medics are cool, man. Medics get to work with the infantry guys and they get to do all this cool stuff. You get to do IVs. And I'm like, Oh, I'll do that. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. You know? So I go to base 94. I go to basic at Fort Knox because they, and the funny part was they're like, do you want to leave tomorrow or do you want to leave next month for basic? And I was like, Oh, I got to go home and get my stuff ready. Like I got a car payments and all. I got to get that squared away. He's like, all right. <laughs> so I ran home because they were going to send me like I was going to leave the next morning. Wow. And I was like, I was like, no, 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 no. I need to run back to the house real quick. And so I got, you know, the, the next month I left and went to Fort Knox, Kentucky for basic training. Uh, at the time it was the last all male basic training. Um, and then I went to, uh, Fort Sam Houston for AIT mm-hmm. to be a 68 whiskey. And I got home and I was with Charlie company, first two ninety third infantry in Fort Wayne, Indiana as a combat medic line medic for their infantry platoon. Uh, and it, well, I was actually the medic for the company because we only had one medic for the entire company. And I was there long enough to see the other medics come in and then transition over to be 11 Bravo because you know, I mean, let's be real. Like when you're in the woods every weekend, you know, doing the drill thing for the national guard, it's a little bit more fun to be blowing stuff up than to be putting moleskin on people's feet, <laughs> you know? So, so I reclassed to, uh, to 11 Bravo. Um, I made it all the way up to staff sergeant, um, and then was offered an E seven position with a medical company out of Indianapolis, uh, 113th med support battalion. And so I went down to Indianapolis and took an E seven job and I got frocked, which is like, you get basically pinned, but not paid yet. Mm-hmm. And I wore that for about nine months. And then I got officially officially pinned for two months, and then I got out because I got into a. Uh, there was a lot of my first sergeant in that unit, and I got into it, and I just I was done. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. going to stay in. There's always I was that out. one guy. Oh, I know. And then so I was out for about three years, and I was trying to be a rock star. We owned a family business doing landscaping, um, and my dad passed away in 2004, mm. and the banks kind of came in and were just like, he, I don't know what he did. Cause he wouldn't let anybody look at the books. He was in charge of the finances. 
Um, and so what he ended up doing was he had money to loans to buy loans to secure other loans to buy equipment that was like the property loan. It was this crazy weird thing that um, probably within the next six months to a year he would have been busted for some kind of federal something about the way he was running bank money like because he had loans from other banks to pay off other loans like it was crazy um and so he passed away and the banks came in and said wait you've got about a couple months when do you normally shut down for the year and this is indiana so it snows pretty good in the winter time and so we're like you know hey november like we usually shut down around thanksgiving they're like well thanksgiving we're closing the doors so that's 2004. Flash forward 2006. My wife and I are homeless, living on my mom's couch with our three kids. And uh, I was like, well, I don't know what to do. And the only things I know are landscaping music and the military. I don't want to cut people's grass anymore. Music isn't paying the bills. And I think I need to go see an active duty recruiter. And this is in 2006. And my wife was like, okay, this is coming up to the peak of the war. Yeah. Uh, and my wife was like, all right, we do what we got to do. And so I went and saw a recruiter. In January of 06, and in April of 06, I was on a plane to Fort Sill to re to reintegrate into active duty army, mm-hmm. and then I left there, went to Fort uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico for a month. With the, the Me- New Mexico National Guard had a uh, warrior transition program that if you were prior service and had been out for so long, or if you were National Guard reserves going active duty, you would go through that 30 day program. And so I did that, and then I went to Fort Stewart, Georgia, with the Third Infantry Division. I was there for about. 11 months and then deployed for 15 months, came home for nine months, deployed for 13 months, came home and then started a medical retirement board. Wow. Well, so tell us a little bit about your transition out of the army after you'd gone back in and what was that like for you? The good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. So when I transitioned out of the guard, it was really simple because I stayed in the local community where I was raised. Right. Um, when I left active duty, I was being med boarded. I was in a med board for two and a half years because they couldn't consolidate my prior service military records with my current military records because they were going to the wrong National Guard area. They were going to the D.C. Bureau instead of the Indiana uh, National Guard. And so after about two years, I was kind of like, you know, like, hey, what's taking so long? Because I've watched people come in and, and go after me. Um, and I don't know what to do here. I said, we're, we're living on post when this is all said and done, I'm going to have 30 days to get it, get out and I need to be prepared. Like what's going on. And they're like, we can't. And they told me, you know, we can't consolidate your records. And so I made some phone calls to some friends in the national guard and got my records within 20 minutes, um, and got it taken care of. But my publisher, I, I ended up writing a book and right before I retired, my publisher was like, you should come up to Nashville and check out Tennessee because there's just too many options for veterans. Our goal was we were moving to Daytona Beach. We were going to get a little two to three acre plot. We were going to start a little farm, have a roadside stand, be beach bums. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we were just going to go live off the land. And so my wife was just kind of like, you know, like, all right, let's go check it out. And we came up to Tennessee for a four day weekend. And the next thing I know was like, I was offered a job. We found a house. I was introduced to a community of people. Like everything just fell into place. And I was like, well, I'm not going to argue. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in God. And I'm just like, I'm not going to argue with what I believe. Like I, I'm going to go like, I'm just going to follow the lead. And so we came up here and we went from in 2006, we went from homeless to 2014 or 16. Uh, we bought a 22 acre farm in, in Columbia, Tennessee, just South of Nashville. But my transition was, it was different because I had, a I had some people in the veteran community that were all over the country that were just like, I'm not going to let you fall through the cracks like others have. Like for some reason, people reached back and grabbed me right away. And 
I was set up for success in a way that I had a civilian mentor where I was going at that was already tied into my community. And then I had several veteran mentors that had already successfully transitioned that every time I had I hit roadblocks as a veteran trying to navigate the civilian communities, they were just kind of like, you know, what's going on? Where are you struggling at? How can I help? And so that's where I think the, where my success is a little different than some other guys and gals is that I had two very specific mentors instead of just a veteran that I was latching on to. I had that civilian that never served that was tied into the community where I was trying to go. And so they could get me into like, hey, let me help you with the resume. Hey, let me help you like how to talk to civilians, because let's be real. When we get out, that's one of our biggest drawbacks is we talk to civilians like we talk to other military people. And that doesn't go over well. <laughs> right. And <laughs> so with most of so, them, yeah. 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 And so, I mean, my, like my first job I had, I walked in, I was I was hired to be the office manager for this credit card processing company that did they did credit card processing and, and identity theft management. And after our first my first week of being actually in charge we were at a uh, board meeting for the week and uh, the owner of the company was kind of like, Hey, I want to do this marketing plan. This is my idea. And I go, no, we're not going to do that. That's stupid. Let's do this. And he goes, Oh, I like that. That's actually a good idea. <laughs> yeah. You're already, you know where I'm going with this. Right. <laughs> um, and so after the meeting, he's like, Hey, can you stick back for a minute? And I was like, yeah, what's up, man? And he goes, um, you can't call me stupid. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I was like, I didn't. He was like, no, you said I'm stupid. I'm like, no, no, no. What I said was we're not going to do that. That's stupid. I'm like, I'm not calling you dumb. Like this idea just doesn't going to work. And he was like, and he sat back, he was very intelligent. He sits back and he goes, I think we have a communication gap between the military and, and me. And I was like, okay. He was like, <laughs> and so what he did was he made very, like, he was like, I want to start, I want to have lunch with you every week for the next 10 weeks. I'm like, okay. And so for the really? next 10 weeks, yeah. And he sat down with me and he learned how I talk and he actually helped me. He's like, okay. So he actually, I mean, he made notes at lunches and I'm like, what are you doing? He was very, very, very studious about it. And so at the end of it, he was like, all right, so here's what, here's what I found. And he's like, we're going to tailor how you talk. He goes, we're going to find a less aggressive way for you to say it. He was like, because in, he goes, the way you talk in the military, he goes, it was probably normal. He goes, but here it comes off as very aggressive in the civilian communities. He goes, I want to help you fix that. And I'm like, okay. And so I found out, like, I learned how to talk better because it's not that I was talking wrong. It was just, there was a better way to do it. And I, but I took someone to, I found someone who took time to invest in me when I got out, who cared. Uh, and he was just a huge, he's a huge veteran. He's been a big supporter of mine ever since, like when I started my landscape company, when I started my farm, um, when I started my public speaking and doing all that, he's been a huge, when I started my nonprofit, like he has just been a huge, huge supporter of just all the different changes I've made and all the different moves I've made. You know, that's actually amazing. That, I find that very intriguing because we know this happens all the time when veterans go into the civilian sector, they, they, harshness and aggressiveness and they and people get their people get offended and hurt next thing you know the, you know you're out on the street again but yep. to have a guy not take that personal and actually say let me find out what's going on here and he actually like dissected it and got closer to you instead of farther away from you and figured it out and and eventually forced you to you know kind of re-educate or start acting in a more civilized manner if you will yeah. So that so that you pushed through it and, and got through it. So you must have realized there was some value in who you were and what you were doing. You were just coming coming across wrong. Um, right. Whereas most employers would have just gotten rid of you. So yeah, I and find you know, that that's fascinating that, that, that he actually was able to take a step back and and see that there was an underlying issue um, that wasn't necessarily you, you know you, you is just it was the culture in which you had come from. Right. And, and, and I think that some of that was he, he just wanted to hire a veteran. He wanted to give back because he didn't serve and he was very proud of our country. He was very proud of our military. 
Um, and he told me this all the time. And, but I think one of the things was he just he wanted to hire a veteran. And I came with a skill set that he wanted. And so he spent like we spent three different four different phone calls doing interviews before I even came to Nashville. And then when I came up to Nashville, like I, I came up on Valentine's Day 2014 with the, with the Penske truck and my son. And we unloaded our truck into our new house. And then I went back home and picked up the wife and daughter and another load of Penske truck <laughs> and cleared housing. And this is in, this is in a three-day period, right? We drove up, stayed the night, unloaded the truck, came back, unloaded the truck, drove back. And then when we got back, the very next morning, I got a Penske, fully loaded Penske truck in my driveway. And I'm going to a job interview. On the, the day I got off of, of active duty, I'm, 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 I just started my transition leave. I'm walking into a job. <laughs> that's not, you know, that's not indicative of most veterans. Like you don't get out and just go to a job interview. Right. Um, but I spent six months prior to getting out trying to set up my next step. You know what I mean? Because I didn't want to just walk out and have no plan. And so I got up there and he literally interviewed me for six and a half hours that day. I interviewed with him and I interviewed with the head of all the major departments in the company. And it was just, I'm like, sick, are you kidding me? Like, he took me to lunch. Like, we had breakfast together. Like, we spent the whole day just interviewing with all these different, I'm like, what is going on? And so he was just really invested. He wanted a veteran. And I came, like I said, I think I came with that skill set of yeah. time management of, you know, people. I had I did have pretty solid people skills. It was just my way I talk to people sometimes can be very aggressive. Um, and I think once he realized that he was investing in the future of his company, he was investing in one of our military veterans. And I think that for him was enough. Yeah. That's amazing. Hey, Malachi, hold on a second. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Within a few months when I first joined the Marine Corps, I became a Navy Federal member. That was over 29 years ago, and I still have the same account after 29 years. Navy Federal has a mission to put members first by making their financial goals a priority. You can receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions. A credit card APR average that is 4% lower than the industry's. Member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and perks. Access to over 300 branches and thousands of fee-free ATMs. They also have 24-7 live support through their U.S.-based call center. Navy Federal is open to active-duty military, the DOD, veterans, and their family members. Navy Federal is proud to serve over 8 million members, including over 1 million veterans and their families. At Navy Federal Credit Union, their members are the mission. Visit NavyFederal.org slash Veteran Move for more information. That's NavyFederal.org slash Veteran Move for more info. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. We're back talking with Army veteran Malachi Gaskin. So, Malachi, you've been telling us a lot of cool stuff about transitioning in and out, you know, in the guard, out of the guard, active duty, off active duty. Uh, I want to give us, I want to give a chance, uh, a Warriors Garden, a, a real good chance so we can cover some of the details and. Uh, uh, the ups and downs of that. So tell us about a warrior's garden and how you, how you ultimately arrived at starting a warrior's garden. Oh yeah. Um, so I was going through a med board for retirement. I was, I, I ended up getting medically retired for PTSD, traumatic brain injury, arthritis, bursitis, tendonitis, tinnitus, hearing loss. What I usually say is like all the itises in my head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so when I got out, um, right before I had retired, I wrote this book called A Warrior's Garden, which was kind of a it was a self a self therapeutic journey for PTSD because I was so tired already, and this was just while I was on active duty. But I was already tired of taking you know the the narcotic medications, the pain medications, the mm-hmm. you know all of this stuff, and I was going to therapy every week, and none of it was I didn't feel like any of it was really helping. And so I wrote this book about all the different things I started doing on my own 
And for me, it was three specific things. It was growing deeper in my faith. It was getting deeper with music and it was my gardening. Um, and it really, that right there launched everything else that I've kind of gone into um, to include our nonprofit Warfighter Gardens. And that's really, it's a therapy program. It's a horticultural therapy program where we build therapy gardens for veterans, first responders, and Gold Star family members. Um, and then we teach them how to use a garden as therapy. It's not just like how to grow food. It's actually how to get involved into the garden to grow yourself. Mm. Um, and a warrior's garden has really become this, it's a self-therapeutic movement. Like the VA uses, uses parts of it. We've, I've had college universities now that are teaching my book and their, and their psychology departments. Um, the, uh, Walter Reed hospital in Bethesda, Maryland, it has a, a garden program on the campus that they took from me. So it's, it's really, it's, it's a warrior's garden has turned from, it was just a book that I was writing because my publisher, who's a friend of mine was like, you know, Hey, you should write a book about all the stuff you're doing. And it really turned into a self therapeutic, holistic kind of self healing because it wasn't waiting on anybody else. Yeah. So we've been, I've been discussing a lot, you know, not just on the podcast with other folks about you know farming in general and veterans going into farming. Um, like a lot of, like a lot of the baby boomer generation, you know, is retiring and they're getting too old. A lot of the baby boomers are farmers and there's not a lot of young guys coming in behind them to continue on with farming. So, you know, really gardening or, or micro farming, there's a lot of micro, um, micro herbs or um, the, the term escapes me at the moment, but basically micronutrients and micro microgreens microgreens exactly so yeah. you know, really things that can sell for at the really high end level you know like 15 yeah. 20 dollars a pound for this stuff and you can grow it in small areas and it still you know ends up being profitable so this whole farming and gardening and growing micro uh, microgreens and everything is very interesting there's a lot there's a lot going on there and the USDA's got special programs that sponsor all this so um, it's definitely it's definitely a legit thing. And what is the therapeutic benefit to a veteran of doing, doing these, this gardening and micro farming? You know, so I, I found that, you know, as, as a veteran, as someone who's like, I was a combat medic. And while I was deployed the first time, you know, my chain of command found out that I was prior service infantry and they were like, Oh, you're going to be a squad leader. And I ended up doing both jobs. So I'm kicking indoors, wearing an aid bag, like clearing villages with my brothers, you know, <laughs> from the front line, not, not from the, you know, the back of the squad yeah. as, as the medic being prepared to treat, I went in, you know, kicking in the door, ready to assault and then a treat later, you know? And, and so what I found is that, you know, as a, as someone going through their own healing journey is that when you get down in the ground and you, and you get to do this process where you, you build the garden because I do all raised beds, right? So they're all boxes that I build that are custom designed. And so you build this box, you fill it with dirt, you put the seed in it, you water it, you nurture it, you love it, you grow the plant, you harvest the fruit, and then you, uh, hold on, what's these? Okay. All right. And so you grow this fruit that will sustain your family or yourself, right? So now you're, you're creating your own food sustainability, mm -hmm. but, but then you get to overgrow for, for seed production for the next year. So now not only have you created a, a, a reduce of stress and a reduce of exacerbated PTSD symptoms because I've, create, I've been able to help you or you helped yourself um, fulfill one of Maslow's hierarchy needs, right, which is food. So I know where my food's coming from. Well, now that I'm knowing where my food's coming from and it doesn't cost me almost anything to do that, now I've reduced my financial strain and my financial budget. So I've reduced two of the things on my Maslow's hierarchies, right? 
finances and food. So those things are taken care of. But now I can take the seed from the food that I've grown and I can hold that till next spring and I can replant that. So now I don't have to buy more seed and I've created an entire circle of life. And so now instead of seeing destruction and seeing death and seeing people die and seeing IEDs blow up, now I get to see the life cycle happen and it's all its beauty and all its splendor to go from seed to seed again. Wow, that's really cool. To see that, you kind of, you don't delete what you've been through, but you change your, it helps you shift your focus from your trauma and it shifts your focus onto your growth. And so now you're paying more attention to how you're getting better than what you went through. And when that happens, when that focus shift happens, that priority level changes and life gets easier. Yeah. And there's probably that therapeutic concept of you're creating something, you know, you're actually, you're actually digging in the dirt with your hands and you're, you're creating something, you're watching life happen. And you, like you said, you create that sustainable circle and you start seeing it come, you know, come full circle every year or even multiple times throughout the year. Well, it fulfills all three needs of the human. It fulfills a spiritual connection. It fulfills a creative outlet and it fulfills a physical need Yeah. because physically you're up off your couch. You're doing something spiritually. You're connected to something that's bigger than yourself. And creatively now you're looking at how do I plan my garden for next year? How do I set it up? How do I want it laid out? You know, how am I going to harvest it? Where am I going to, where am I going to hold, hold it? How long can I keep it? Do I need to free some of it? But it creates, like you're using all the parts of who you are instead of just sitting there doing one thing. And I did that. I fell out. Like when, when I got out and I, you know, I, I worked with this guy for a year and then I started my own landscape company and then it was taken off. I was building gardens for people. I was mowing people's grass again, which I didn't want to do, but I was doing it. Um, and then I tore my meniscus and it was like, I couldn't work anymore because I, I couldn't, I couldn't walk all day long. And so I got stuck in the whole, like I'm playing video games, drinking beer, eating Cheetos, you know, just not doing anything, you know, just living off my disability. And it was just kind of like, I didn't know what to do. And I had a buddy again, another veteran buddy who reached back and it's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing, just playing video games. What are you doing? He's like, meet me at Lipscomb university tomorrow for lunch. I'm buying. I'm like, I'll never turn down free food, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so <laughs> I, you know, I, I went out to Lipscomb and next thing I knew I was going home with a class schedule. I was registered to go to school and I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute. Um, and I got my degree and, you know, we bought our farm, but it's, you know, I think veterans are, are migrating to agriculture because one, we can do it by ourselves. We don't need anybody to supervise us. There's a, like the USDA, the FDA, they all have pilot programs for us. Uh, what is it? Uh, not the VA, but uh, Voc Rehab has programs for us. Mm-hmm. And then there's nonprofits out there like Farmer Veteran Coalition that will support the crap out of you and get you up off the ground. Um, but it's so easy to start. Like in my book, I even show people where you can take and you can take a gallon jug and, and grow your own pepper plants on your windowsill. And you don't need to spend any money because you've already got a gallon of milk jug. You need a pair of scissors and you need dirt out of your backyard. You know, and then you can already take a green pepper or a, or a, or a lunchbox pepper from the grocery store that you already bought and harvest the seed from it. So you're not spending any extra money, but it shows you that how simple it is to get started. Yeah. So w- walk me through some of the mechanics and some of the details of how, you, how you're getting people started. Like y- you get guys coming to your website and say, Hey, I want to try this or, and then something shows, you know, a box shows up in the mail that they put together or what, like, what are the mechanics little, of getting them involved? It's a little, it's a little more what we do, what we like to do. Like locally, we have multiple gardens on our farm that veterans can come out and try. Okay. And if they, if they like it, what we'll do is we'll, we'll sit down with them and custom design a garden with them. And you're on the and outskirts then, of Nashville. We're about an hour South of Nashville. Okay. Um, and so then what we'll do is we'll, we'll do a fundraiser and then we'll get with Home Depot or office or, uh, or Lowe's or whatever. 
and just be like, hey, would you be willing to support this? And I've had really, really good luck with with both of those entities going, yeah, we can give you up to this amount. And then it really makes it easier for us to do a small fundraiser. And then we go and I sit down with, I so far have been the one to sit down with every veteran and build their garden. And we do it together. Um, and because that's, and that's because it's part of the process. I want them to do it. And the only stipulations that we really have is that you're a veteran, a first responder, a gold star family member, and that you either own your house or buying your house or have a letter from your landlord saying that you can have it. Cause I don't want to build it and then have your landlord come in and say, Oh no, you can't have this. And then we just wasted all that time and effort and money with you yeah. to get it set up. But those are really the only restrictions. They can go to the website. They can message us through our website at, you know, at warriorsgarden.com and just be like, hey, I'd like to talk to you about getting a garden. And I'm usually myself or my wife or one of my board members or one of the ones that will reach out and be like, you know, hey, this is, you know, we're going to send you a uh, an emailer that has a list. And it, it's really like 10 questions. You just fill that questions out. And then we vote on getting everybody set up. Do you have any, are there any big success stories with any individual veterans that really stand out? I've, I've got a couple of veterans that I've worked with. Like I had a veteran up in, in Michigan that just, he just actually passed away recently. Um, but he, every month he, he fell in love with the concept. I didn't build him a garden because I didn't get a chance to get to Michigan, but he fell in love with the concepts and the ideas and the process of everything so much that every month he would call me and go, I want to buy a box of 50 bucks. And I was like, what? And so what I would do is I would sell him a box of 50 books as if he was a distributor. So he didn't pay any profit on it. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was giving them away. And then I've got veteran, I've got two veterans here. One's in Nashville and then one's about 30 minutes South of me that I built them gardens this last year and the year before there. And I'm talking really large, like one garden was 17 by 17 foot long by 11 foot long by three and they're both three foot what's an L shape and they're both yeah. three foot wide. And there was two of those. And then there was two, two gardens in the center of that. There were three foot by eight foot. Um, and it took us a day to build it and fill it with dirt. And then I had another one where we built, it was 19 foot long by six foot deep and it had cutouts and it had border trims. It was very intricate. Um, and it's set up to where you can use the organic methods of using like marigolds and radishes and other flowers and plants to use as your pest control that you plant as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and both of them, one of them, it's it's really sustained him like emotionally, but it's also helped him. The one with the the nineteen by six um, in Nashville, uh, he's using it to sustain his. He has an Airbnb, and so he uses it to food to table in his Airbnb. And so, and then the other one, he feeds his family out of it. And mm. but the the beauty of that one was we were building the gardens together, and I wear six memorial bracelets for friends of mine that were killed in combat. Mm. And as we're building this garden, we're cutting the lumber. He looks at my bracelets and he snatches my wrist and he goes, how do you know, how do you know Fiscus and Heaster? And I was like, well, Fiscus was the first platoon leader I ever served under and probably the best commander I ever had. And mm-hmm. Heaster was one of the first NCOs that ever, ever took an interest and worked with me. And he was like, I was there when they were killed in Afghanistan. Like he was on the fob, like he helped mm-hmm. like the recovery process, the whole deal. We'd never met. I'm from Indiana. He's from Tennessee. You know, like he, he did a backfill on our unit that deployed to Afghanistan, my old guard unit. And that's how they met. And it's just like, I didn't like, I met him randomly because my mom was getting eye surgery and he was at the same eye doctor. <laughs> yeah. Wow, but that's he's crazy. He's definitely grown from, he's, he's had a lot of, a lot of love with it. He, he brings his kids out there. He spends more family time. It's been definitely a connection piece for the family. Wow. Malachi, so we're getting close to the end of our time. So you, you kind of brushed over it really quick. If somebody's interested in, in getting involved in, uh, in farming or gardening or micro farming, how do they get a hold of you with, with the program that you're doing? 
Uh, they can email us at Malachias, M-A-L-A-C-H-I-A-S, at awarriorsgarden.com. They can send us a message through our website, which is www.awarriorsgarden.com. Um, or they can actually call us at 931-529-3226. Um, if we don't answer, leave us a voicemail, and we'll get back to you the same day. And you've got a book called A Warrior's Garden also. We can find that on Amazon or anywhere else online and, and um, on you, the same website. You can get it on all the major bookstores. You can get it from my website. If you buy it from my website, you're likely to get it quicker. Okay. Um, I'm a little faster than Amazon at shipping it. so. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to believe, man. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, because Amazon, my my printing company is a third-party vendor to Amazon. Uh, and okay. and if, if I order it from, I can order onesies and twosies. Amazon waits until there's so many orders and then they ship them all out at once. Oh, uh, so they're like doing on-demand printing? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, that's cool. Well, hey, Malachi, it's also, um, I want to give you the last word. Um, you've started a nonprofit. You're running a nonprofit. You've written a book. You, you've got some some great entrepreneurial. You're running your own farm too. Um, you got some great on, veteran entrepreneurial stories that we could probably talk for another couple hours about. But I want to give you a chance if you're talking to that guy that's in the military, you know, or gal, or the military spouse, and you know them as a family, whatever. They're 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 looking to get out here soon. They're already in their transition, or maybe they've landed already and don't really like where they've landed. What kind of things come to mind to you and what kind of advice would you have for them? Reach out to organizations like SCORE. Reach out to organizations like EO, which is Entrepreneurs Organization. Reach out to your local veteran groups. I'm not a big fan of the service organizations like the you know the American Legion, the VFW, but I know if you need them, they're there. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so I'm not going to talk bad about it. I'm, I'm for me personally, I don't utilize them. But if, if you're in a, a situation where you're not happy with where you're at or the way things are going, the trajectory you're on, these are places you can go and don't be afraid to reach out to them. And that's the biggest the biggest issue with most veterans is we get out and then we don't want to ask for help because we're like we're too stubborn. But it's like, you know, when you were on active duty, what did you do? If you didn't know how to do something, you went to your next line supervisor and like, hey, I don't know how to do this. Can you teach me? Right. Right. And so. And, and then the other thing is, if you're just sitting, if you find yourself, you know, sitting on your couch and you're just waiting for things to happen, what happened to the, in the absence of orders, take initiative, get up and just decide to do something Absolutely. right every day. And, and, and even if like, you know, if, if I know that there's guys and gals out there that are broke enough physically that they just, they, they, it's not going to happen for them right away. And so, okay, cool. But don't just sit there on the couch doing nothing. Find something that's not Netflix, something that's not video games. Find something every day to challenge yourself, Rock you on. know, and, and get up and do it. Malachi, I say great advice, great stories. We appreciate you uh, sharing your your stories, your struggles, your success stories. So we look forward to your future success and uh, maybe have you back on the show another year or so and talk some more about a Warrior's Garden. I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.